welcome back to the studio and another episode. Tab, you know this is our number 167th episode of Sales with Aslan? <laughs> I, I, did, I didn't know that was like a benchmark. You know, you, you, well, you know, well, we yeah. celebrate every 167. What well, happy anniversary. The happy anniversary. anniversary. We're a little different. We're a little. Yeah, I guess it's not really a special number. I'm just looking at it. I'm like, that's a lot of episodes. I was listening to a podcast, by the way, plugging a podcast, Dadville. Have you listened to Dadville? No, no. I put on my list. Uh, Dadville. Dave Barnes and another famous singer, which his name escapes me. They have a podcast called Dadville, which I think they sort of hmm. basically just banter about being a dad. Uh, but they're that very entertaining. Interesting. They're very entertaining. I listened that's to awesome. it. They were talking about getting past their hundredth episode. I'm like, that's nothing. Hundred. We're at one sixty seven. One sixty seven. Maybe that was why in the the back of my mind. But Tab, here's what we're going to talk about today. As you yeah. know, because you are the greatest host in in America. I think we decided it's America. Mm. Greatest yeah. co-host in I'm America. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to yeah. argue. And not Canada. There is some competition in Canada, <laughs> but in America, you're the greatest co-host. Uh, and we already know what an amazing facilitator and human you are, but let's not go down that road. But uh, we're talking, we're, you know, we're, we're, let's stay, we're staying in this series as, as we were prepping for the show. I think we're going to stick with this series of how do we crush our number in 2023 by getting back to the basics tab. Mm -hmm. Back to the basics. We got to, you know, go back to like, and this is nothing fancy, right? This yeah, is blocking block and tackling. And I was going to say the same thing. Just blocking and tackling, baby. And if you hate, if you hate sports analogies, this is we're going back to the main chords. If you like music, I don't <laughs> know what that go. is. If we're it's going cooking, back to the clay for my potters. <laughs> the potters out. For going back to the potters. clay. Back to the clay. We're going to bowl. We're going to do a bowl. We're going back to doing a bowl. If back you're a to painter, the simple. If you're a painter, we're just going to do a pasture. Okay, maybe trees, mm. you know, maybe a hand. I don't know. I'm not a painter. This is my theme this year, and everything is simplify, simplify, mm -hmm. simplify. If you're a chef, Tab, we're going to talk about making the perfect omelet. Oh, Getting back to the yes. basics. Love it. So, I want. I, we're gonna we're gonna unpack. I think the biggest challenge. Are you ready? The biggest yes. challenge in selling that we face right now. I know there's a lot of different ways to talk about it. I think this really is the number one challenge. And you ready? You ready? Yeah, for this? drum roll. I want to give it to you in one word. Okay. Noise. Mm, that's rich. There is so much noise. I looked at my phone today and I have I have 150 unanswered text. Oh gosh, that's bad. I have 300, no, 3,750 78. Uh, three thousand seven hundred eighty-two uh unread emails. No, now, I <laughs> believe that. I, I'm a yeah. recipient of that. Those are some. Of I mean, those I don't even look at those numbers anymore because it's just not possible. And then, you know, <laughs> I mean, everybody is just over freaking whelmed with LinkedIn, text, email, the and the pace because you know you you can yeah. get information. If somebody says I need something, yeah, they know you can actually send it to them in a minute. So the fact that you're going to write it out, you're going to print a label, you're going to mail it, and they're going to get, I mean, all this stuff that used to happen and the pace that yep. we operate right now, the amount of information. I heard the other day, we are, we are consuming 10,000 or we get 10,000 messages a day, right. some way, shape or form. So, right. So in this sort of economy where we're overwhelmed with, with information, there's a scarcity of attention. 
And not only does the amount of information, I think, become a huge barrier just from how do we break through the noise, the amount of information that's available to customers makes the seller less valuable. Why do I need to talk to somebody when everything I need is available to me? So this this information, this noise is I think I think one of the greatest barriers that we all face when we're trying to get people's attention. We're trying to sell um, and we're trying to get more meetings. We're trying to, you know, so, I mean, you know, here's another thing that happens. If somebody reaches out to you, they're probably mm-hmm. reaching out to eight people and then they get yes. barraged by those people. And so what happens is because the noise is so great, right? What do we do? We do more, right? We don't yeah. do it better. We do more. So we say, okay, it's hard to get people's attention. So let's what we're doing. We're going to send 10 emails. <laughs> we just jack it up. We go, we go, well, <laughs> well we got to keep doing more. And so we're all doing more, which makes the other, the people on the other end get more resistant. They hide more. So we try to do more, which actually backfires. The doing more creates yes. more resistance. And again, I, I'm I, not again, but I, I want to say, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that we don't have a cadence where we have to reach out more than three times, for example. Yes. Um, but I do think the answer, the problem to our solution is we got to change what we're doing. And, and it starts with understanding tab. Are you ready? I'm going to, we're going to nerd out a little bit. It starts with understanding a part of your brain. And I bet, you know, a part of the brain I'm going to refer to. Um, I'm going to go with the, uh, vortex. <laughs> <laughs> vortex. Don't we have a vortex? <laughs> no, there's no vortex. We tab. get lost no. in the vortex. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, we're going to, no, tab. okay. Well, I know did not go to you when we're going to focus on neuroscience. <laughs> that's not my specialty. I'm yeah, much exactly. better with pottery. Yeah, pottery. pottery. That's You're not talking pottery. about the, um, RAS, are you? Yeah, we a reticular are. activating system. So, as you know, I've been writing and talking a lot about the RAS for years now, but I think now it's more important than ever to understand the RAS. Okay, the RAS stands for the reticular activating system. The RAS is a part of your brain. It's a it's 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 at the base of your brain, and its its goal and it has other goals, but the main goal of the RAS is to act as a filter to sift through all the information we get on a daily basis, an hourly basis, a minutely basis, because we can't, mm-hmm. your brain can't, we can't sift through the thousands of messages. So like you think about you drive to work or you drive somewhere, like you left to go to the airport tomorrow, you yep. wouldn't notice 98% of the information that's thrown at you because your RAS just filters it through. And then all of a sudden something will catch your attention and you're not sure how it happened. It catches your attention. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, you notice it like, oh, well, well, all of a sudden you notice an SUV. Well, that's because you decided you were in the market for an SUV or you notice a billboard. You ignored 500 billboards and then all of a sudden you notice one. Well, you didn't tell your your brain, hey, by the way, when we drive today to the airport, make sure you find. <laughs> no, your RAS works on your behalf to tap you on the shoulder and say you should pay attention to this because we can't operate by noticing everything we would never get anything done so we ignore right. most information we know we otherwise we couldn't function so we have these sort of this built-in belief it's like i was sitting in a lobby <laughs> you're gonna find this story i think interesting tab because you know me i was sitting in a lobby working on an rfp response to an rfp and the television was blaring i was i was traveling with my wife claire so she was asleep i go down early sit in the lobby television blaring but i just tuned it out and I just typed away on my RFP because I was trying to get it done before we were visiting our daughter in college. And I was trying to get it done before, you know, Claire got up and we were going to meet Tyndall. 
And I didn't notice one commercial, not one thing was said for an hour and a half. And then all of a sudden, a commercial came on about flat tires. Really? Yeah, it came on. It, it Flat tires, it's like, it, you know, if you've got a problem with flat tires, and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like. We got spray on tire fix. It was something, something like, that. like that. It was something yeah. you, it was either about the tire or something you could put or plug a tire. I don't remember because it was several, it was many years ago, but the point is I went from ignoring every single commercial, everything that was said on television. I completely blocked it out, but my Raz tapped me on the shoulder and said, you need to listen to this commercial. And I literally, it it wasn't, I wasn't like I all of a sudden stopped working on the RFP and looked up and all of a sudden I caught the commercial. No, I was, and I, I, I turned and looked, started watching television. I had had six flat tires in the last two years. Wow. Is that for you hitting curb? Well, I got that new, I got the, it's the first, it's the first time I really bought a cool car. I mean, literally my life was the first time I went to the dealership. I I was, (laughs) I was, I wanted to buy an Audi. This is 2000. uh, Gosh, what was this? 2010 or 11 or 12 or something like that. And I I really, I'm like, I'm going to buy, I want to buy a used Audi. So I'm going to go to the Audi dealer and I'm going to drive the Audis there. And then I'll go look, look for a used one, which is what I always do. And, but I could easily go to the dealer and check it out. Well, I go to the dealership and they let me drive a new Audi. <laughs> <laughs> so you ended up buying a brand new one. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I'm going to buy that car. <laughs> Life is was, short. It was the first time I had these low profile tires. Oh yeah. The th- they're just like fragile and brittle. They're fragile. And, yeah. I mean, I would pop, I literally would pop that tire every six, six times literally <laughs> i mean i'm on the side of the road and this you know this is back when you wrote the it doesn't matter point is i'd had six flat tires so it cut through all the noise so you got all this noise going on and because you care about that you have a perceived need for that without you thinking about it that's what's yeah. so powerful it's subconscious you instantly it cuts through it you can't just, help noticing yeah. the things that the raz tells you to notice the yeah. razes can the razes in control of what you notice in a sea of information. If you walk yeah. down Broadway and there's thousands of signs and infra, you right. can't help no, you can't like you don't have the time to go through every single message. Yeah. You just walk. Yeah. But the Raz will tell you to see things. Like if a bear jumped out, you would see it because you're like a bear does not belong in Times Square. That's right, Tab. Did you notice that? A bear, <laughs> a bear does not belong, belong in Times Square. That's Square. beautiful. I love that. Yeah. So, so there's things, here's the whole point of bringing this up. If you know the filter, the RAS uses to bring things from our subconscious to our conscious, we can follow those rules to make sure our email, our messages get noticed. If we understand how the RAS works, we can, I can guarantee you that your message will get read. Which you is- see, that's huge. I mean, we think about all the salespeople we talk to all the time. I just, I was just with a new client yesterday on a prep talking to a whole bunch of salespeople, like their biggest challenges. And what do they all say? God, it's just, I can't get through all the, they've just got so much information and they're so busy and I can't get a meeting and I can't do this and I can't do that. So this is right at the heart of where a lot of salespeople live. It's where, yeah. And, and even if it's, even if it's somebody you already have a relationship with, yeah. like, we, you know, you get ghosted and yeah. things happen and you can't get, you can't get people's attention because they're overwhelmed. I mean, literally yeah. people are just overwhelmed. It's like, as soon as we get off this podcast, we're going to go back to our email. Mm-hmm. We're going to have texts come in. 
We're going to have phone calls come in. We're going to, maybe not phone calls, but I do get, I still get voicemail. We're going to yeah. have email. I mean, it's just all going to come in. Then we're going to try to, we're going to sift through them really fast. And then we're just going to be behind. And then it's just, a, and then if you travel, I mean, everybody's got the same problem. Right. So here's, here's the first thing we need to know. We need to know the criteria the RAS uses to determine what gets from what moves from our subconscious brain, the billboards you notice and the billboards you don't notice, yep. what gets through the subconscious brain to the conscious brain. If we understand the filter and the criteria the filter uses to let information in, then we know how to craft our messages. And yes. here's, here's what it doesn't care about. It doesn't care about what the seller cares about. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> the RAS does not care about your products or your, it might, but what, here's the two things it does care about. It cares about something, you know, you need or okay. something you don't understand. So, so that means that, that, that the people we're trying to connect with, mm -hmm. that's what, that's the only way we're going to get through to them is it's something they care about. Something they already care about. They Something already they care already, about. Like if I'm in the market for a car. Okay. A you already care car, about that. It's, you it's, care about that. You will see cars that fit that. You just can't help it. Your Raz will know, which is crazy when you think about it. Your Raz will go see that car. And you're like, yeah. Like in the day before, you didn't even notice that car. But something okay. you know you need. Something okay. that's important to you. And something you don't understand. Something okay. that breaks the flow, something that's out of normal, because that's like the bear, thing. the bear, like a bear, like in the out of or, out of the ordinary. Or I remember, I remember I saw one time uh, in the airport they had a uh, elephant on a surfboard for a sing, a censure. It was an ad, and I was just Great like, example. "Whoa, now that doesn't make any sense. That's weird. Well, what's up with that?" So, so that's your point. They it's understand unusual. the ad agency knows that's worked. I saw that same billboard. Yeah, I mean, elephant surfing. You're like. Wait, elephant, your brain goes elephants don't surf. Pay attention to that. <laughs> right. So, so how does anything this out of the ordinary, you like you notice it. So, so how here's do we the do thing. this? All right. So there's three to, to activate the RAS and to make sure that our message is cut through the noise and it moves them to action, right? So it's one thing to get noticed. We're talking about get noticed and also get people to act. We need to know three things. And then we can leverage these three things to activate the RAS, get more meetings, get attention, um, and break through the noise. Excellent. Number, number one thing okay. is we need to know our personas that we serve, their point of view. So you you serve certain people. So if you're in sales, I'm in sales, you're in sales, whoever, I'm assuming anybody we're talking to is in sales. You look at your audience. And you've got to break them down into personas specific enough to where you can think through what is their point of view. In other words, what do they care about? What do they think? Because if you can say the key to getting somebody's attention is to show them a picture of themselves, not a picture of you. If you can show a picture, if you, I hold up a picture to, and I say, this is, is this, here's a picture and you're in it. Yes. They will look at it 100% of the time. What we do in sales is we show a picture of us. Here, yeah, look at our picture. shiny, great stuff. Look, yeah. how, look how great we look. Yeah, and they're like, I don't us. really care about you. What do you mean? All I have is pictures of me. <laughs> I'm going to show you a picture. Are you looking for pictures of me? Like, you know, it's like, no. So if we want to get their attention, 100% of the time, we'll get their attention if we show them a picture of them. In other words, we talk about what they care about. We talk about... um you know, their beliefs, their biases. Uh, you know, we talk about what they need, what problems do they have? 
what we describe their emotional state. For example, like a need I have, a problem I have um, in running a small business is we have a problem with leads. We all do. Like we need more leads. We know that. Well, here's my bias or belief about that. Lead gen firms don't work. Right. And that's the, that's, that's what you believe. And what I believe. I so need if, I, it, if I'm a lead gen work. firm, Tom, and I go, hey, we're a lead gen, we're, we're like the greatest lead gen firm in the universe, and we get blah, 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 blah. That's not going to get go hit your res, right? No, because it's it's a combination of a problem that I have. I need lead. So that's good. You're talking about me. Yep. But it, it also needs to address kind of how do I feel about that? Or what's my biases about that? Or what do I think about that? Because the goal at the beginning, right, when we describe our persona's point of view, we get really narrow on who we serve. And so when I get narrow, it's like, like I was working with a company uh, recently um, and they serve CPAs. Well, there's yeah. all levels of CPAs. There's the partner, there's the staffer. Yeah. Right? There's different types of CPA firms. There's large CPA firms, there's midsize, there's small. <laughs> so you got to really narrow in and say, okay, there's that persona. Okay. I'm, I'm narrowing in on a staffer. Well, what do they care about? What's their problem? What's important to them? What's their bias? And then I've got to say, what is it? What do they care about? Okay. What is important? And so like one of the things this organization sells is how to, is to help the CPA's clients uh, and, uh, get the ERC tax credits. Okay. Right. So this has, this has something to do with COVID and everybody's, if anybody's in small business, they've been bombarded with, are you getting the ERC tax credits? It's free money. The government gives you because it has something to do with COVID, right? So every CPA and every small business is getting bombarded by ERC tax credits. So what's on the whiteboard or what people care about that they're talking to is they think it's all fraudulent. Ah, uh, so that's the point of view. It's like, that's the point of, of view. course like, we all have this. It's a scam. Yeah. Yeah. It's a and scam. So- like you don't know what to do. I don't know how I don't have the time to figure out and navigate this world of, of who can actually serve my customers well, because if I recommend my customers need it, but yeah. if I recommend them to a scammer, then that comes back on me. So that's, I know I need it, but I don't trust it because I'm getting seven messages a day from an ERC and a lot of them are scammers. So you, that's the lead. It's more noise in your life that you don't need. You got to describe that. You've got to be able to say what's on their whiteboard, you know, kind of. And and so the whiteboard issues, like if you think about it, and we talk about this all the time, if you, if you picture your persona and you think about it, they have a whiteboard, what's on it. And again, you may not know specifically that person because you can't see into their office. Although right. one way to see in their office is talk to people in the organization, and ask them what's on their whiteboard. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's the best. Yeah. That's the best. If you, if you have to guess, because some, it sometimes this just doesn't warrant the time necessary to do that research. But if you have to guess, you got to think, what is a typical person I'm serving in this role? What's on their whiteboard? What are the things they care about? Right. And so I need to say that. I yeah. need to be able to understand that, say that. Um, Let me ask you a question because mm-hmm. I, I was talking to another client about this the other day and they, they posed a really good question. They said, Tab, I believe that we were talking about this. And yeah. said, I believe you. I mean, this is awesome. This is great. Um, uh, but what I want, I want to hedge my bets, Tab. And uh, I, I want to, because um, there are really three big white, whiteboard issues mm-hmm. on this this persona. They have three big whiteboard issues. Yeah. I know they have so these I three wanna, big problems. These are the three big problems. Mm-hmm. Am I better off picking one 
or doing all three to increase my odds of cutting through the RAS? How would you answer that? I would say you got to pick one. That's what I told him. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I See? would say because, because shorter messages are winning now. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you got to almost keep it to 65 words. You know, there's data out there that's saying the shorter, the better. I think we're going to talk about this at the end, but when we unpack the three things you need to know, I'm almost believing now. Well, let me just say it this way. A couple of years ago, you could talk about all three of these, mm -hmm. offer all three of these and potentially that powerful, you know, the combination of all three, we're just talking yeah. about one so far, the, the, their point of view, combine all of those into one powerful message was really great. That worked. Yeah. And I'm not saying that doesn't work, but I think now it's almost like we probably have to try one and then the other than the other. It's like we just gotcha. have to break it down. Like we're going to send little bite-sized messages. So if we're going to reach out eight times, yeah. we're going to send, they're all going to be coordinated. And again, we'll bring all this together at the end, but they're all going to be connected to each other, but we're going to break it down where we might attack one problem and then we come back and attack yeah. another problem. And then we come back and say, what's unique about us. And, um, and Love we it. just keep dripping this, this mm -hmm. information. But the first thing we want to unpack is we got to start with their point of view. One of my favorite stories is the agent for Rick Warren, who's, who's really one of the great, one of the best selling authors. Oh, of purpose driven time. life. Purpose, that, that wrote guy, the book yeah. Purpose driven life. So here, here's the agent who's trying to get in touch with the president of NBC. <laughs> okay. And he wants to get Rick Warren on 60 minutes. Okay. I mean, that's not an easy meeting to get. Mm -hmm. Here's how he won. Here's how he got Rick Warren on the 60 minutes. He goes, you are losing your conservative audience. <laughs> and when he said that the NBC president was going, and this was done via email. And it may have even been done through a, a sponsor. Like he told somebody who then told the NBC mm. president, he, like he had to narrow it down. He goes, your number one problem, the problem I'm centering in is you are losing the conservative audience. The people that have a conservative point of view, you're losing them. And if you don't get them back, then your ratings are going to continue to climb. That was his position. That was a problem on the NBC NBC's president's whiteboard. He's got yep. to take a stance. That guy's getting a million messages. I mean, I'm <laughs> making that up. Everybody like, wants to be on 60. Yeah, minutes. so he Everybody's has pushing. to pick a lane. He could have picked yeah. a lot of lanes. He said, this is the best-selling book of all time, and everybody cares about purpose. And if you're not relevant, if you don't talk about it, blah, blah, blah. He picked this one problem, and he got Rick Warren on 60 Minutes. So great example yeah. of that. And if you see awesome. ads, if you see ads that are effective or ads you notice, you'll see that they start with problem. I was watching, I was watching a, a commercial the other day on frog tape. On what? Frog tape. Frog? Frog tape. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I'm watching a commercial on frog tape. So frog tape is this special tape that you line the the um the trim. Uh, and protect the trim when you're painting. So you put the frog tape yeah. on the trim. So when you're yeah. painting the walls, it'll get on the trim. Right. And so they start the commercial off, go, they're pulling the tape off, the traditional tape that you would use, the blue tape that you oh, would use. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because the worst thing about painting is when you think you're done and then you realize you're not. <laughs> so that is, and we all have been there. Anybody who's painted, yeah, and then like, you're like, yeah, I just made a big old mess here. I got to come back, clean this up, and I got to, like, yeah, gotta, you, and it shows you pulling the tape off, and, and all of a sudden the tape's all bleeded on the the trim, and now you got to paint the trim. And I've so, done that a yeah. thousand times. Maybe that's a little bit of an overstatement, but I think at least four hundred. The reason I noticed it one frog tape, 
which is related to what we're going to talk about next. And two, I've had that problem, man. I'm thinking about painting. Right. So, so it gets to your ass. It just, it, it activated the rat. I know that's something, a problem I have. So, so that's number one tab. Start with the persona's point of view, which relates to a problem, relates to their emotional state, relates okay. to their bias. We want them to be nodding their head and think you, how did you know that? That's exactly how I feel. That's what I think. And when we do that, we will capture their attention 100% of the time, but we need to do more to get them to act. Okay. The next thing they need to know, Tab. You want to know what the next thing is? I'm I'm on this edge of my seat. Yeah, you you already know. You you probably <laughs> I know the I better know yeah. this answer, but but I want to hear it from you, my friend. Next 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 thing we need to communicate is a disruptive truth. Disruptive. Yeah. Okay. So again, we're trying to get people's attention. The RAS pays attention to things it doesn't understand. If we need to say something that breaks the formula, we need to say something that's disruptive or it, it needs to, it, it needs to something like they don't expect it, right? It's something unexpected. And the more, and what they expect is a sales pitch, a marketing message. A, so fraud tape, we don't yeah, expect the tape to normal. be named frog tape. That's why they named it frog tape. That's why it's they didn't industrial name it industrial tape. Paint tape. <laughs> paint tape. <laughs> paint tape. Yeah. Yeah. They named it frog tape. So it needs to be disruptive. I mean, it's so something that's unexpected and then it needs to be a truth. So if you combine right. those things, something disruptive, they don't expect, and it needs to be a truth and, and, and challenger, um, the challenger sale, which is obviously a very popular book that was out. I mean, they made this point that the most successful sellers share insights. Yeah. Like they, they, they teach their customers, they give them insights. And that's, that's, that's true. Um, the reason that decision makers don't meet with sales reps is because they have nothing to say. Like, I don't need to bring you in to explain what you do. I need you to help me solve a problem. If you're going to talk about your product or solution, talk to people below me who are responsible for evaluating. But if you want to see it at the executive table, people where, that are really determining what's going to happen and are planning right. and are trying to figure things out and solve problems, you need to bring wisdom. You need to bring insights. You need to bring truth to the table and teach yeah. me things that I don't know. And so that's the truth piece. And it could be you know research. It could be um, best practices. It could be a different way to think about it but it's something disruptive. Yep. And I think this is what people struggle with the most tab. I think you're right. And I mean, you think about it. If, if, <laughs> if, if all of our listeners, all 7 million of them would get a couple more meetings a week. Mm -hmm. I mean, just think about it. When you break it down, you go, I improved just a little bit. It's these, it's, that's think of how much more the raise you just gave yourself. Yeah. If I could get, if I just think for me, if, if you know, I, I mean, I still carry a bag. I, I want to sell till I die. If I could get one, if I could get two more meetings a week with somebody that is a buyer, I would kill it. I mean, that is huge because all the rest of it to me is a whole lot easier than getting someone that is important to take my call or, or yeah. have a meeting with me. Especially I mean, meeting with the right people. Yeah. Well, the good thing about the disruptive truth, it doesn't only help you get more meetings, which is definitely a key part of it. It helps you break through the noise, but it also differentiates you as a human. It elevates your stature 
increase your credibility, doesn't it? Increases it just... your credibility. It's like when you when you lead, when you put yourself in a leadership position, you go, let me, I, look, I've done this yeah. hundreds of times and I'm going to tell you what most people don't know about a better way to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. So like I had this situation um, with a large, large, what became a large customer, very competitive situation. They were having a turnover issue. They were looking at sales training. And I said, I get, I agree. Sales training is important and you got to try, you got to train your front line because there is turnover and that's key. But let me tell you what's really drives retention and what has more impact on training is your frontline leaders. Mm. Right. Change happens one-to-one -one. your culture engagement and everything is driven by your frontline <laughs> leader. Well, I was saying, wait, they're like, wait, we hadn't, we, we were focused on the rep. Say so now I'm help. Now I'm like, oh, wait, we, we want, we want you. Now I'm just differentiating myself from everybody else who's saying, okay, I'll provide sales training. No, it's so, I just had the same exact thing happen to me. The last deal I just closed exact. That's how I won. Cause oh, basically really? I'm talking to the, the evaluator and, and I basically said that I said, you're thinking about this all wrong. It has to go. You have to go all in on frontline and you guess what he, uh, he says, he goes, my CEO who empowered me to go do this. That's exactly what he believes. Wow. Done. Yeah. And here's the like, cool yeah, thing about it. Yeah. Cool. The cool thing about it is you say it with confidence because it's true. It's not, it's not a, I'm not a trick. It's not like I'm yeah. trying to trick him. Yeah. It's like you <laughs> just, not, yeah, you just, just true. Like, it's just true. It's like, yeah. what is it that most, if most people don't miss it, you don't need to tell them. That's why the disruptive people like, like I'm going to cheer. That's why I always, always start off a key presentation with hey, with disruptive truths. I say, this is your destination. This is where you want to get to. I'm going to tell you what most people miss in trying to reach that destination. You, I don't know you, I don't know everybody in this room, but I'm going to make sure you don't miss this because this is what most people miss. And so if they know it, it's not disruptive and it doesn't really matter. They already know it. So right. yes, it's good for them. you sometimes have to check boxes and make sure that they know that, you know, the key elements of, a, of whatever it is that you sell, but the focus has got to be on what you share about a better way to solve their problem. And it can be a really simple statement. Like I was working with a large, large insurance organization and here's their disruptive truth. They sell insurance. Okay, here, here, they yeah. sell insurance, Yeah, right? They're going after small, they're going after businesses. I think there were small, medium-sized businesses. I don't really remember the size, but, and they're getting hounded by people who sell business insurance, right? And this was their disruptive truth. You don't need more insurance. Oh, yeah. You actually need less insurance. You actually need less insurance. That gets yeah. my attention. I'm like, wow, that's kind of crazy. That's, the, that's the surfboard, the elephant on the surfboard. Yeah, like, why, why don't I need more? You actually, like, you know, like I know one other company I, we worked with, it was like, hey, we, you actually can increase your benefits and lower your cost. Mm, that's good. So you're saying, wait, what? I can do, huh? I can provide better because co healthcare costs is going crazy. That was their problem they would start with. Healthcare costs are skyrocketing and look like they're going to continue. And most people are, are having to cut their benefits. And then, you know, you can see the other person on the, you know, yeah. nodding their head and goes, well, actually, you can actually increase your benefits <laughs> and lower your costs. And like, what? That That's disruptive. That's disruptive. Like back to the ERC tax credit situation. Yeah. Their disruptive truth, the company that was selling that service, everyone's telling you that you can, that your clients qualify for ERC tax credit. The truth is about 52% qualified. Mm. So in other words, they're saying, they're actually saying the opposite. Actually, most, almost, you know, almost <laughs> half, only half qualified.
Right. That was their disruptive. So, uh, okay. um, and one of our disruptive truth is, is actually you want to sell better, stop selling. Yep. You know, so it's got to be, and by the way, if you can't come up with a truth, just be disruptive. <laughs> <laughs> just, just say frog just tape take, uh, or something. Here's my most, here's my favorite disruptive, disruptive statement. It's the title of a pizza company. One of the famous pizza places in New York is Ray's Pizza. I mean, there's yeah, the yeah. movie Elf. They talk about Ray's Pizza, which one to go to. <laughs> okay, one of the hot new pizza places. I don't know if it's new, but one of the hot pizza places in Brooklyn is called Not Ray's Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Anti-Ray. Like Anti-Ray anti pizza. Disruptive. It's like, it what? Is. I mean, you're uh -huh. like, not Ray, we're not Ray's Pizza. Well, that, that's, a, that's disruptive, and it's it's it kind of – connects with the next the next one tab you ready to move okay, on yeah to let's see yeah let's do it number so, three baby you got to know your persona the personas that you serve break them up define them and 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 figure out their point of view you, you may not know 100 percent, but if you look at them as a as a certain persona there you're going to see some similarities in what they care about their problems their emotional state their bias their beliefs okay. come up with your disruptive truths Last, but certainly not least, Tab, is you've okay. got to define your proprietary benefit. Mm. When this seems so, oh yeah, I got that. Proprietary benefit. What do you own? What's different? What do you do differently that separates you from everybody else? This is yeah. kind of, by the way, I think about it. Captivate, start with their point of view. Elevate, share disruptive truth. And then separate. Separate your solution from everybody else. And a lot of people will say, well, well, I can't do that because we kind of what we do is very similar to what everybody else does. Well, yeah, we're a commodity. Like you'll people say that. Yeah, it's all yeah, the we're same. A it's kind of like, you know, you know, we got mortgage. we're a mortgage. We're, I'm yeah. a loan officer and I've got, you know, I'm like, well, I can I got interest. I got, you know, we all got the same product. Well, there's right. three things that you can that you can own, right? It's what you offer, which is sometimes the most difficult. And by the way, we're in selling, we're all looking for the people that have the what, like the unique yes. what, so they can just hold a bucket out of the window and catch money. Like we got the yeah, only thing. Yeah. Everybody wants me. We're the only one that does yeah. this. When you've got that. Enjoy because it won't last forever, but enjoy yeah. the and, ride. And by the way, if you work for an organization that has the best what, they don't need you. Yeah right you're just you're take orders yeah it's like they need you're less valuable i mean they may need you but i'm not saying they don't need you but it's your less value that's probably they don't need you that. to do it like i was i was talking with a, a client yesterday a customer yesterday a potential customer yesterday and that's what they said um uh you know we've always just been able to take orders right i mean we yeah. just it's just like it's easy the reason we're talking to you now is it's not easy anymore they stopped calling yeah. And so, and all of a sudden you become very valuable. We're going to invest in you. You're, you're not just somebody that we can easily just stick out there and cat, like you said, just fill your bucket with money. Yeah. It's, so. And, and, and a lot, it's, enjoy it. If you're in a demand fulfillment role and it markets coming at yeah. you, like I was at one point in my time, my first job out of the college, I was a loan officer and rates dropped from 15% to eight. And we couldn't answer the phone fast enough. 
I even came in one time, Tab. I came in one time. We had a snowstorm, so nobody made it to the office. I got to the office and answered the. I pulled, put the receptionist headset on. I and answered all the income, all the taking income all calls. the leads. I got all. If nobody was there, I'm like, hi, this is this is Home Bank. How may I help you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, help I'm looking you. to oh. refinance my house. What's your name? <laughs> I've got the perfect loan officer for you. Hi, yeah. I'm Johnny Smith. Yeah, I'm gonna, your voice. you know what? I'm going to get me to get you over to our shop loan officer, Tom Stanfield. <laughs> I literally did that. Okay, well, then that market went away, and now it's about demand gen. And the people that made it through the the refinance phase and actually had a career were people that knew how to do what we're talking about. They knew how to do sell more than the lowest rate. So that's the what, what you offer. And there could be something very proprietary about or something that differentiates your solution based on just what the solution offers, right? That's great. But there's also, there's always the how and the and the who. In other words, how do you deliver it? What's your process? What's unique about your process? And then who will they work with? Those are usually mm. the areas that will, um, that you can almost always come up with something about the who or the how, because you're always proprietary. You yeah. sell your solution, you're unique. So what's unique about you and how you will serve the customer or how what you offer or your expertise or how you yeah. do it. So so that's uh, that's the last little bit of information tab that we need to know. We need to know persona's point of view. That captivates me. It right? captivates it gets you. Gets the tension. We need to develop our disruptive truths, right? So what's elevate. disruptive? Is that elevate? That elevate that elevates me in the mind of the customer, the decision maker. You know something that I don't know about a better way to solve the problem. And it elevates and you, your role. You're more than just a salesperson, right? You, you're a yeah. consultant. You're a trusted. You earn partner. a seat at the table. Most people think yeah. this, but actually, this is true. Yep. Most people think that the <laughs> most people think that the the quality of the product or service determines loyalty. That's not true. They're like, what? So disruptive truth. And then the last one is we've got to come up with something unique. So for example, like back to the lead gen or recruiting service, like for us right now, let's yeah. use that example. Most people know they need a recruiting firm, right? So the I, bias about recruiting firms is they don't work. Or the bias, or the, or the what we what we need to know is they focus, they do something different than everybody else. Yeah. So if they focus specifically on a vertical, or they do something that's unique, then it's like, okay, that's going to get my attention. So any one of these three elements, we can leverage in an email, a LinkedIn inv invitation, um, a voicemail, an article, a post. But we need to know the what those these three elements. Now, what's super powerful is when we can bring all three together in a couple of sentences. Yeah. And 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 if we can we can combine them all three, you have this problem. Here's a disruptive tooth associated with it. And here's what I do proprietary. And you can do that in about a hundred words. Oh yeah. Then that that'll work. Well, when especially when you hear it, I, I'm such a huge fan of if anything you can do, you know, specifically that they have going on, it just skyrockets it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like you know, hey, Bob, I, I just talked to Susan and I know right now the big challenge is you guys are trying to attack this market. You've got to get in this market and you're stuck. Exactly. And people think we well, have to hire more people to get into that market. It's the opposite. Yeah. You know, you know, it's just and all of a sudden and, and I, I get excited about this time because it is we teach a lot of great things. But I will tell you that if, if this just works. 
Yeah. I mean, it flat out, it will improve engagement rates. I mean, it will, you will get more meetings. I mean, you if get you more take meetings. the time to craft, you know, your position. Well, and it also, it also helps you throughout the sales process. Like if you understand their point of view, mm -hmm. I mean, the most powerful two words you can use, and this is worth a podcast right here. The most powerful two words you can use when you're selling something, selling an idea or you're trying to influence, or you're trying to get people to understand something, is the most powerful two words you can be, you can use is to begin with the statement, because you. Oh, yeah. Because you, if you can begin a statement with because you, which is basically their point of view, if you can start with because you think, because you want, because you're struggling with, or because your experience is, because you, right. if you can begin with because you, the what you say next has power. Right. Yeah. You draw them in. As soon as I show them a picture, because you're in this picture, I yeah. want to, you know, and so most people struggle to begin sentences with because you, and that's, what's cool about two of the, the, the three things we talked about has nothing to do with your solution. Yeah. It's all right? about them. It's about them. It's like, you're helping them. You're focused on them, which demonstrates who you are. And you're communicating something for them. Hey, here's a better way to think about it. Yes, it does lead to why my solution's a fit, but you can take this truth and do whatever you want with it. Yeah, at least gave you the first two that really going to help you, especially that disruptive truth. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. And your and your disruptive truth can relate to a question you ask. Yeah, like you can say, "Hey, a lot of people think like I back to an uh, example I used earlier." Um, you know, where I talked about the company wanted to train the front line to reduce, re to mm -hmm. reduce, um, um, you know, re uh, or to increase retention of their sales reps turnover. They want to reduce turnover, increase retention. You know, I could, if I were in the discovery process, I could leverage a disruptive truth by saying something like, well, a lot of people really focus on training the sales reps when they're got a, a, a attrition problem, Yeah. you know, but actually what has more impact on reducing attrition is the frontline leaders. What are you doing to equip the frontline leaders? So that's another way yeah. to leverage a disruptive truth. You know, if I were meeting with the CPA and I were talking about ERC credits and I already had the meeting because I'm talking to an existing customer and I'm saying yeah. a lot of CPAs don't believe that or don't want to outsource, you know, this ERC tax credit to a company because they don't trust them. And that's actually true because 50% of the time they, your customers don't qualify. So if you promise that they do and they don't, that's a problem for you. Is that your belief? You know, and then you, you, right. you it helps you launch a better discovery. So these three that. things can help you throughout the process. Love it. Good. This is back to the basics. This is about, this is about as basic as it gets. Yeah. But hopefully get more meetings. And hopefully we can, it, it, people can, um, that are listening can just start the year by thinking, how can I learn this? So yeah. let's close by talking about that. Okay. One of my favorite things to do to learn about the persona's point of view, this is going to be shocking to have, mm. is interview the personas. <laughs> Actually just talk to them and ask <laughs> them what they care about. Talk, talk, talk. What are the big things you care about? <laughs> oh, it's earth shattering. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you just spend, uh, ask a couple of extra questions in every meeting that you have. Yes. Like, just, hey, let me just back up. Like, I know I sell this thing and you buy this from us or whatever. Or we talk about this. Well, what's the, what's the biggest, what's the top three things on your whiteboard right now? Like, like just, yeah. so in a, you can interview existing customers, you can interview new customers, um, but just take some time. 
to add that to your development as interviewing customers. In the area of disruptive truth, um, what I would recommend is 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 talk to people who are doing it. Like there's experts yeah. in your organization. Like somebody's somebody knows. Somebody knows. And if you if you just start asking, don't compete with people in your organization, learn from them. Mm -hmm. Like who knows that? Who's good at these little pithy statements or who's got yeah. the disruptive truth? Like fight for that. Yeah. Um, and some somebody knows the answer to that. And then another proprietary benefit, what I would recommend is write everything down that you think is cool about what you do, what you do, how you do it, and who's involved. And write everything down on a list. Yeah. And then cross through and then ask yourself, on the thing on the things that are on this list, what can our competitor offer? Yeah. And then cross out everything that can be offered by the competition. What you're left with is your yeah. proprietary benefit. Well, you know what, you know, another, can I add to that? Something no, I, no, you can't I just, add and you can, no, you, you can. can reject this. Okay. Like, no, you, you are so the I'm guru. Sure it's going to, you know, you are the best co-host in yeah, America. We'll see if I can bring Not it. Not right Canada, no. just America. It's just, it's just a little tip to add to that. Mm -hmm. Cause I was, I was working with another client we were working on this and, and he, one of the guys, sales reps asked me that. I said, yeah. you know what? He was struggling with, I said, do this, jump on, go to your website, your company website. And look at what marketing is, marketing is put out there is oh, all, great. all the things and, and, and write them down, print them out, whatever, and just, and figure out which ones are proprietary, which ones are proprietary. And that is a great place to start. I love that. That's a great idea. And remember what proprietary means is you own it. You, you own it. it. Something that you own. Oh, nobody else owns it. Yeah. It's your real estate. And so, yeah. if, and, it, and it can be like you said, and he goes, well, but a lot of things, everybody does it, figure out what's proprietary. I mean, and by the way, if it doesn't say it, if you can come up with some that's proprietary from that statement, awesome. Share it with your marketing department. They'd probably love to know that. So exactly. anyway, I totally agree with that. I think it's a great action. Well, 100% of the time, what's proprietary is you. Yes. It's you what I offer, what I offer. And so if that's where you, you start there. Start with I what agree. you offer. It could be a level of support. It could be knowledge. It could be expertise. Could you know? There's a lot of different things, but start there. And if you're stumped, like there's your assignment. Yeah, you know that you, you can and stuff. Great podcast. Right, man. Tom, love love being excellent. with you. Hopefully, this was helpful to the audience. As always, if you guys um, find this helpful. Please let us know if we can, our goal is to support you. So if any feedback that you can give us on how we can, can do a better job of providing the content that you need, we always love to hear from you. So thanks for listening to another episode and we'll see you back next week for another episode of sales with Aslan. Mm -hmm.